0: Ultimately doesn't matter. Does it really matter yes. what yes. logo is on Tiger Shirt? It doesn't Yes,
1: to so, a lot of people that buy the as, stuff. As yes. long as
0: it's red. As long as it's red on Sunday and you know still not convinced we're gonna see Tiger play a lot more on Sundays, but I know. I think week, he'll do so. I think
1: he should do private label. What is happening, people? No puts given. How are you living? Tony and Chris, we're back. We've been racking up the uh, airline miles, and you know, making sure we're visiting all those uh, wonderful OEMs out there, making all the golf <clears throat> equipment and things. And we're back. Whew. We're back. We're back. How many? Uh, how many lounges did you visit?
0: Uh, you know, let's see. I, I think only a couple. So, didn't. I didn't go in many on the last trip, so spent some time in a lounge in Atlanta, and then Detroit, <clears throat> two into two two separate Detroit lounges. Didn't even yes. didn't even make it into the the little one in San Diego this time. So
1: it is one of the the small joys once you get to a traveling situation. The lounges. I figured I have to basically eat roughly a hundred dollars worth of food over the year to make my lounge access credit card worth it. So, uh, hey, United, you are losing money on me. But anyway, speaking of <clears throat> deadlines, which I wasn't speaking of, but it doesn't matter, 1230, <laughs> 1231, we're almost there. It's the end of the year. This rumored PIF PGA deadline is nearly upon us. A lot of, a lot of news out there, Tony. Does it happen? Does this thing get done between the PJ tour and PIF by twelve thirty-one?
0: It seems like with every every passing day, it becomes less and less likely. I don't know. I don't know how much urgency anybody is feeling, though. You know, some have suggested, right, that John Rom buying John Rom essentially what Piff did. Uh, they purchased John Rom for five hundred plus million was kind of the shot across the bow that was basically look you know we can we can keep spending money like this until we get it done you know we'll buy everybody if we have to because I think yeah. it's, I think we kind of knew it but I think it's fair to say like everybody has a price we know through equipment contracts over the years for example that PGA tour players they're mercenaries to some extent to sure. s- to no small extent really and so at some point the money will be worth it to everybody who gets the offer to go. Uh, Like I said, so they can they can do this as long as they want, and uh, you know maybe it's in the PGA Tour's best interest to get this done.
1: I think, yeah, that that's the way that I read that too. And we can you know talk more specifically about Rom at a different time or whatever. Because really, to me, it has nothing to do with John Rom himself. It has everything to do with the message it sends, which is like he said, "Hey, we can play this game as long." as you want to and the conclusion you're going to come to is the same one you should have come to already which is
0: we have I mean, more money than you it's endless we'll take everything slowly but yeah
1: yeah i was uh during one of our recent trips um we we're on one of the bus rides in a very windy area of south <laughs> carolina and uh <laughs> that was an talking, adventure that was an adventure and uh we were sitting there chatting with Jay Wall uh, over at Golf.com, and you know, trying to understand, you know, because it's the the money is so ridiculous. It's really, I mean, it's hard to wrap your head around, right? Like just to conceptualize a million dollars. What's a million dollars? You know, and then ten million, and in these crazy numbers, and basically. What uh, what we were talking about, and he had kind of worked out the math, or somebody kind of sent the math to him that what they spent on ROM would be the equivalent of you or I going down to not even Starbucks, not your local roaster, Tony. <laughs> not but, my
0: favorite local roaster. No,
1: <clears throat> but going to your local favorite gas station and getting like that. You know, cheap as hell frappuccino or you know gas station coffee, whatever it's you know eighty six cents or a dollar fifty or whatever. That's what they spent on wrong. A cup of coffee. It's nothing. No, nothing, nothing. So uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny. Like
0: you want to choose a side, maybe, but <clears throat> the more I stepped back and thought about it, it just it just sort of realize it doesn't matter the pga tour as a whole is a pretty crap product if you really step back and think about it in terms of the interest level the way it's presented we talked about tv problems tournaments that that by comparison compared to any other most any other sport that would occupy a large slot of tv time on the weekend right your, your basic tour tournaments, nobody watches. No. Live is not going to be much different. It'll have an audience just like the PGA Tour does. But on scale, nobody cares. Nobody's going to watch it. doesn't matter if it's on NBC or if it's on CW. It's, it's right. just not going to garner that much attention. And again, well, as we've said countless times, there are four to six tournaments a year that matter. And, right. and the four that really matter, only one of them, none of them, right? None of them are controlled by the PGA Tour. Mm-mm. So no No. one for the USGA, one for the RNA, one for the PGA, and not the tour. If you want to
1: argue the players, right? I mean, you can you can put yeah, okay. But again, that's that's one of the
0: kind of maybes. Even if you think about
1: top seven, top eight, like say okay, you know, in, in throwing the Ryder Cup or something else in there throughout the year, and you're talking top five, seven, eight, you know, golf events. Okay,
0: whether it's whether it's billions. Or millions, six figure, right? Seven figure deals for uh, for live guys, eight figure deals. We're talking, I guess, right?
1: Right? Yeah, many um, cases. Or
0: seven figure deals, six figure deals for tour players.
1: Uh-huh.
0: PG- Nobody cares. Nobody. Uh-huh. It's not going to increase viewership. Yeah, there's some chatter like people are going to watch less. A- at a minimum, it's going to divide the audience. So long as you know PGA Tour and Live exist as these separate things. So. You know, nobody wins except the guys getting the millions, I guess. So good for them. But at the end of the day, you have two crap products instead of one and still four majors that matter. Uh, a couple of slightly elevated tournaments that maybe matter a little bit more than the others and still a bunch of filler. PGA yep. Tour filler, Live filler, doesn't matter. Filler is filler. Majors are the only thing that matter. So everybody might as well just
1: get paid. Yeah. Burn well, it out at this point. And, and, yeah, and speaking of that, that, you know, There's this other rumored, right? Call it roughly $3 billion uh, investment that's, you know, again, purportedly close to finalization. uh, May happen, seems more likely than not. But again, this is kind of that private investment, uh, a multi billion dollar deal between the PJ Tour and Strategic Sports Group, a bunch of well known billionaires that manage other things. Who cares? well that's so that's the question. <laughs> what so what does that mean then? So because the only thing I mean, people it's not heard about... like
0: however that like it so that's just kind of what I settled on as I thought through this. The fundamental problem in all of this is that you have a bunch of uninteresting events that don't attract top talent that nobody really wants to watch on on a level again compared to other sports that occupy those type of time slots on TV. And none of this changes Like if if you start if you start pouring more millions in, it right. doesn't change anything. Maybe, maybe if you right. find a way to go commercial free. I mean, my God, if soccer can figure out why <laughs> I can't golf? Um, if you can figure that out, maybe at least you can get to the point where you don't have that to complain about, right? Like, mm-hmm. but you, you when you watch more shots than or more commercials than shots, yeah, uh, and that's that's just part of it, right? Again, because this this all feels pretty meaningless until you get to a major,
1: yeah. Well, Money doesn't change that. No, and at a very, very basic level, what we're you know talking about is a lot more money being invested in the professional game. So, what happens when there's this massive uh, cash infusion potentially into the professional of the game? Well, you got to think, then, Right? Everybody wants to get paid. So, what does that look like? And do you create more of this, you know, uh, Well, maybe it's not a good word, but bifurcated reality in professional golf, kind of the haves and have-nots? Is it, you know, where does it all go? Does greed overrun everything? Blah, blah, blah. It,
0: yes, to, that for sure.
1: You know, to me it makes the professional game less interesting. Um, you know, the more money is involved. In, and again, I get it. People are professional golfers. People that are professionals in anything want to get paid for what they do. If you can get paid more for doing what you're doing, of course you're going to uh, go down that route. But um, that doesn't mean it's all good. So that – whether or not this money – I guess these companies that are investing the money, like take this you know, sports group. Okay, if they invest $3 billion, where's the ROI for them? Like to me that's a question like – they're not doing these people that would be investing that money aren't donating it, right? They want to make five, six, seven, eight billion. So how I, gonna, I don't
0: know how you do that. I don't, how I don't know. You how are you going
1: do to do that given the current product? Like there may be some kind of, like in your mind, how could they how could they potentially recoup that investment and you know make their money back plus I You're gonna have to so.
0: sell a lot of hats and jerseys, right? That would be how you looked at it in <laughs> in other sports. And again, so maybe maybe if uh, if you look at it from the piff slash live side, if you can get more buy in on this uh, on this team stuff, where people care enough to buy jerseys and buy hats, but yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, are you gonna put up luxury boxes on the golf course? I mean, if you look at how money is made on the other end, are you gonna charge more tickets for people who want to see this stuff? Are you gonna try and get a better TV contract but again like I said nobody's watching on scale mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I I don't I don't know
1: I, I don't know yeah I don't know if it's gonna be more player involvement if it's you know that players let's say players get a greater share a greater opportunity to access some of that money is it by making their time more available is it um, I don't know you know and it's maybe
0: it's it's plugging other things they own right investment bank accounts and you think investment firms things like that all the stuff we see commercials for is that a way to bring in money to other businesses they own and pump those up yeah. i don't know yeah. but but quite frankly if you know if i had the money to choose which which would you invest in the pga tour whatever in whatever form or right. an mls team for example like right now like i put the money in an mls team
1: right which i'd be you know, so I'd be investing in Costco, and we're going to talk about our friends in Kirkland in a minute. But that, I, to me, that's the, the, the most interesting part of this thing is what does it actually mean? How does it fundamentally change the product, and, and does it change it for, for better or worse? And I guess we'll have to see. You know? um, Do you smell smoke, Tony? Because where there's smoke... There's distance! There's distance, yes. There is. It's teaser season. Uh, <laughs> That's
0: quite a non sequitur, isn't it? Like, where right. there's
1: smoke, there's there's distance. Alright, so teaser season. Where there's smoke, there's... <laughs> there's distance. There's distance. And who doesn't want some smoke if it or is distance. accompanied by... Like, distance. I,
0: yeah, I'm not sure which of those I want.
1: <laughs> you want it yeah. all. You don't want this smoke. Yes, you do want this smoke. Anyway... What is teaser season, Tony? Why why should people be interested in this? Yeah, what this is a,
0: this is like that weird point in time where like nobody's gonna talk about their products, but they're gonna gonna tease them, start showing them off. You can uh, pause videos, you can save images, and go to Photoshop and lighten them up a little bit to get a look at what's coming. But this is like yeah, where you everybody starts to. Start to tease the new stuff without saying too much, get you interested without the details, get you excited. I don't know. It's,
1: it's lather rinse
0: repeat, man.
1: I know. It's it, maybe we'll have to come back and, and vote on what was our favorite teaser. Uh, yeah, right yeah, now, it's it,
0: the, right now Callaway is a runaway winner, but it's also the only one. I've it's seen, early. Seen, so.
1: It's the only one yeah. we've seen. It's early. It's this. Uh, like I said, this delicate dance between you know things that we know that we can't say yet which is the reality of the embargo world on one end and then on the other end you know people have leaked images they have names you know once something's up on the conforming list once it gets put in play at a tournament then pictures are out on the yeah. interwebs and people are yeah, guessing I mean, that's that, the thing
0: right if it's uh if it's in play in a tournament, the pictures are fair game. That's the rules, long established. People know these things,
1: right? So, so and and quite frankly, I was talking to one uh, representative from a major manufacturer. They said that's actually kind of good for us. Like they, you know, we're getting extra eyeballs on a product that's yet to be released, and they're paying zero dollars for it, right? So that's. A nice little marketing angle for them. So we can't say everything, but I'm going to be interested. Yes, to see how creative some of these companies are with it. The you know smoke fire. Um,
0: I didn't see any fire.
1: Maybe I was just good. Well, if there's smoke, because
0: usually, usually when there's smoke, there's fire. But this time, if there, where there's smoke, there's
1: distance. Yeah, maybe there's fire. I don't know. We'll have to check on that. But if you see any other teasers out there, let us know, because I think they're kind of fun. to uh, When you know what the end product is, to see kind of how they're backing into some of these and and some of the things like, again, the Callaway one, all the numbers that they were flashing on the screen there, uh, especially the 12. That was one that was very interesting uh, to me. And we can't say just why yet, but it's interesting. And with that, it's almost time for 2024. We have a full slate of testing coming up, Tony. What's on the docket? Where are we at now? How fast can we get some of this stuff out there?
0: We are we are in the acquisition phase of uh, of Most Wanted. So, you know, reaching out, uh, figuring out who's going to send stuff, which. Uh, which stuff we are probably going to have to buy this year? Uh, there's always a little bit of that. So yep, uh, I think I think we're going to have to buy PXG Gen Seven, right? That's looking like that's a thing, right?
1: Looks um, like uh, looks like that's a thing. We're I'm assuming yeah, we're that's doing, what it's called.
0: We're doing uh, one way or another. We're going to test some of the crank stuff that that Bryson has reestablished on the map. Uh, so we'll see if uh, you know we've reached out to them. Maybe they'll send it. Maybe we'll buy it. Um, but one way or another, going to try and get some crank in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have done away with our our policy of not testing something a second season. So if it is current at retail, it will be tested this year. All categories love that. I so love that. yeah, we we heard plenty about that. Um, so yeah, we're love doing that. that. And uh, yeah, I, I think probably early February for Most Wanted Driver. How we're tracking, and then. Then we'll see we're optimistic we're going to be able to accelerate the testing cycle this year because, as you know, but Ooh. Ooh. some of our listeners may not, Ooh. we are in the process. We've closed on the building Hey-o. in the process of doing the interior build on our new Ooh. test facility slash HQ. So doubling our bay capacity, putting in some new technology on the putting front. Um, big things coming, I think kind of grand opening type thing happening february march ish don't put that in anything other than pencil but no, yeah
1: that's 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 kind of where we're at so
0: pen. stuff is arriving at hq for sure the boxes are are piling in
1: so to all of you out there that's hey God, can't we get i know i get this request all the time tony When are Fairway Woods coming out? Because we love your articles, Chris, on Fairway Woods. (laughs) Tens and tens of us cannot wait because we want to know that. The good news is it might be sooner this year than than previous years. And then moving forward, uh, might even be able to accelerate it even a little bit greater to try to get people that information earlier in the buying season. That is the plan, right? That's why we,
0: we doubled the number of bays is to increase and accelerate output without, without having to cut back on what we think are the important things, like the number of testers that participate, the number of shots, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to, we're, we're not we're cutting, not cutting that back.
1: No. no, 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 no. Nope. Information will be as good, if not better than previously, just we may be able to get through the test a little bit quicker. So I love that. Speaking of actionable information, which is what our data is, mm-hmm provides i was down all right scott. there's
0: the segue that was better
1: that was a little bit we better. we kind of loosely right?
0: spoke of that this time speaking of donkey kong
1: speaking of donkey kong i was down in texas for a day with our, our good friend scott fossa yeehaw scott fossa yeah. and i gotta tell you i you know actionable information like there are stat tracking things that are out there and i think that you have to you got to find the information right but information itself is kind of a commodity you know you can get your swing speed right a lot of different ways you can get strokes gained i mean strokes gained is it's just math right oh. you can get that but what do you do with it what do you do if you know a b and c and how can you actually use that to help yourself shoot lower scores that's the question that Decade aims to help people answer, and it does it in a way that's different than anybody else. So we have some cool stuff coming. That's kind of my own teaser season. Uh, you are a busy man. Is it the government?
0: <clears throat> that yeah, is uh, that is actually Mr. Newton.
1: Oh, hello, hello Mr. Mr. Newton, Top Golf Crawley
0: yeah, for- Company checking the, in to make sure uh, see if the samples had come yet so
1: that's good stuff that is good stuff all right
0: getting ready for embargo season
1: so <laughs> right and we like i said we can't talk writing, a lot photographing. about photographing yeah a ton it's, of the stuff that's out there yet we can't talk about all of it but we can talk about a couple of things what's this wilson fit ai thing i saw this pop up patrick harrington said I think it's the a- mizuno
0: swing analyzer
1: is that what it is with a Wilson name on it? Is
0: that what it is? I mean, it's talk it's to me about right? this, Tony. Yeah, what, what I mean, we it at? is. It's interesting, right? It's uh, powered by the blast sensor at the end of the club, but you take five swings, and it makes a shaft and head recommendation based on a mix of Wilson data and input from fitters on. What they've ultimately chosen for guys whose parameters, swing parameters, match it yours, and you know, we'll we'll throw AI in the mix because really yeah, will. You gotta you gotta have AI now. But yeah, right. I mean, it, it reads it a lot like what Mizuno has done for years, and I'm sure there's some differences and some pri- proprietary tweaks. But you know, if I'm being honest, when we look at that, all of these things that that kind of fall under the umbrella of the future of fitting, right. This is, this is more of uh, this one reads a bit like more of the present of fitting, to an extent. So, okay, um, you yeah, know we'll see. And I think it's I think it's good for anybody to have a tool like this. I think every manufacturer should have some sort of fitting technology that that is above and beyond. Yeah. Hey, if you can if you can go to uh, a TXG, great. Um, if you want to pay for some of those other fitters, great. But You know, for a big box store, for example, or just about any other scenario, any type of, you know, call it fitting technology, call it AI, whatever you want to call it, anything that gives the fitter a head start, I think ultimately is good. And we also have to realize that that not everybody has access to fitting locations, comprehensive fitting locations with full shaft catalogs, all that stuff. So. Anything that simplifies the process, anything that makes it a little easier to get yourself into something that fits your game better, is ultimately great. But in terms of like breakthrough slash groundbreaking, hey, it's good for Wilson here, like I said. But you know, the the on paper read is this isn't wildly different than some of the stuff that's already in there.
1: Yeah, the thing I, I I think the thing that I like the most about this product, which is similar to like so what I like about. Uh, what Mizuno's done um, over the last three, four, five, seven, eight years with that is two things. One, for a fitter, hopefully makes our job a little bit more efficient. So you don't spend the first 30, 45 minutes eliminating all the bad answers, which is what I think these products kind of do, which is great. Absolutely. So it says, hey, it's not necessarily this is the exact head shaft combo. That's better universally than any other one out there, blah, blah, blah. Like, but if this can remove, let's say there's 100 options out there for you. Maybe this removes 95 of them and says, hey, these 95 are not optimal. One of these five remaining ones is going to be optimal. And now you can spend the bulk of your fitting time comparing and contrasting maybe these four, five, six options. I think that's the real value of a product like this right now. Is that the future of where fittings going? I don't think so. We saw some stuff out at Ping that I think is more in line with what something like this could become and the stuff that Ping is uh, is launching. And I don't want to talk about too specifically because I don't know what's out there or not yet. But that what Ping is doing is the future of fitting, I think, at least on the kind of current horizon – but I think this is something that will get people to maybe try Wilson products and uh, then that, that maybe they have it's it. It's
0: a win. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, so there's that. Tony, I cannot wait to hit the Kirkland Irons. I think they're revolutionary. I think they're game-breaking. I think you're not buying what I'm selling. Tony, my question is this. Why all the hype and pomp and circumstance around Kirkland Irons I mean, the driver?
0: Why? Costco's got a following. It's a loyal following because they're
1: – Yeah, they have $5 yes. rotisserie chickens. They got a following.
0: And if you hate it, you can bring it back later and, and get all your money back. Very few if any questions asked. And so, like, there's there's great policies at Costco that people love. But in terms of the reaction to the golf equipment, I eye roll on this because, you know, I, I step back and, and kind of look at it objectively. And, okay, I get it. It's cheap. And that's a huge selling point. And sure. I suppose you can argue accessible, though, you know, if you don't have a Costco membership, not so much, right? And I would Your guess the majority – The majority of golfers probably do not have Costco membership. So I I struggle with the, to an extent, the accessibility argument versus, you know, a sub 70 or a PXG or or any number of brands, any number of (laughs) brands where you can go get something for as little money as a Costco product costs in in some categories. Right. Uh, But objectively kind of looking at what we've seen, right? the, The first four piece ball. Which it's funny, right? You can still buy that ball under different names, but sure. n- nobody's interested now because you can't get it with the Costco, the Kirkland logo on it. Right. That ball is really good. Mm-hmm. The three cents have been excessively spinny. Not something. I, if you make the argument that it makes Costco makes it easier for a starting golfer, the last thing I would recommend for a beginning golfer is a really spinny golf ball. So I don't. I don't think they're helping anybody there. Uh, it, the the second four piece, the follow-up, right? Single-use right. cover <laughs> disappeared, yeah. hasn't come back. Yep. Uh, the wedges, I mean, the putters, eh, it's a putter. The wedges are mediocre performers, but again, they're dirt cheap. And so, sure. I mean, that's the argument. If you want to spend the least amount, amount of money possible on golf equipment, Costco's got you covered. But there are very few other situations that I can think of, especially th- those situations where they're – are quantifiable, quantifiable performance benefits or deficiencies, or something that is in, in that that needs to be tailored to the individual to perform at an optimum level. There are very few scenarios where you would go, "Yeah, I'm just going to get the cheapest stuff because it's accessible and I like well, the company." Like yeah, that's I, the thing, and it's it's kind of a cross and vertical. Like, okay, Costco's done really well selling bulk food and and discount jeans, and the vodka here is awesome, but. If Ping, who has a, a a long-standing reputation for making very forgiving golf clubs that that benefit a lot of golfers, all of a sudden started uh, selling bulk mayonnaise, I I kind of scratch my chin and go, you know what? I maybe don't want to get that. So yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I get that it's cheap. I get that there's a loyal following, but I, I from a performance I wonder, perspective, I struggle. I struggle I mind. wonder
1: if you know we talk about this all the time. Golfers have long memories, right? And part of that is I wonder if the first ball, like you said, was really good, right? That came up particularly for the price that it was at. If people are painting this picture of like, hey, you know, Costco kind of has this deal, right? That that its Kirkland signature stuff is basically going to be on par with market leaders, whatever that kind of means. So I wonder if people don't are just looking at that, going, hey. Those wedges, I, you know, Costco doesn't have anything to hide. I bet I'm getting Voki wedges. Okay, I bet I'm getting tailor Made irons. I bet I'm getting a, you know, a Callaway or a tailor Made driver for, you know, for pennies on the dollar. For two hundred dollars, I'm gonna stick it to the man. And you know what? I'm getting, I'm getting those Kirkland. You know, because uh, you can get the dollar fifty hot dog lunch. You can get. I just did this last week. I went and got the five dollar rotisserie chicken. And ate the whole thing. Great five dollar meal. Are I think people are probably going. Hey, I that's it. Four hundred ninety nine dollars for some irons that are on par with ones that are two to three uh, times. I, I mean, much.
0: and I think that's that's kind of right if you look at where other Costco products come from. They are made, you know, basically white label by some of the leading brands, some of the top brands you and I would buy in a grocery store. Right. That's not the case with the golf club. The ball is not a rebranded Titleist, as some people have surmised. Like Titleist doesn't have anything that would spin like that because it's a it's a piss poor design with really bad arrow. I mean, there's a lot wrong with that golf ball. No manufacturer is. Are you sure it's not a Titleist golf ball? Yeah, right. It's just and and same thing with the wedges. It's 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 not. They're they're coming from like these third party factories, right? They're open mold designs. So yeah, you can a lot of this stuff. If you dug hard enough, you could probably find on sale elsewhere through other companies, but they're not Vokey wedges. It's, this is not a rebranded what? TaylorMade or Titleist or whatever other driver that somebody looks at the sole design and goes, oh, well, that kind of looks like that. No, this is this is third party, Asian factory, not nearly the same as what you're getting from the OEMs, especially in the driver category. Dave was talking about it on our call mm-hmm. this morning, right? Where it's, you yeah, know, the sound isn't
1: great. Yeah, it's, you're not you're not getting a six hundred dollar white no. label Callaway or TaylorMade driver for one hundred ninety nine. You're just no, not
0: this. You're getting yeah, kind of that that Asian factory open mold stuff, right? Is what it is. But, and again, like you know, there are the 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 loss specs are a little different, but go check them out for yourself. Go to the SMT website, right? Component sure. company been around for a long time. Sure, there's an SMT design that looks. And, I, and I'm not a guy who's like, ooh, that looks like this other thing. No, there right. is Everything there is looks a, like something. Yeah, yeah, but there is an SMT design that borders on identical, a little bit different in the in the loft spec. So kind of perhaps some slight changes there. But in terms of the cavity design, the stuff that you can see, it's very, very similar. And it's price competitive with the Costco one. So, you know, this kind of thing, yeah, you can find it elsewhere. And yeah, maybe you want the Kirkland guarantee and things like that. Again, I get it. But yep. let's let's not build this stuff up like it's, you know, Costco is revolutionizing the golf industry with, you know, on-par equipment. No, they're giving you a cheap option, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think it's no. important to keep it in perspective as well.
1: Absolutely. And one more plug for the rotisserie chicken, man, because five bucks for a whole chicken, and they're big. They're good. Last week
0: – Can't get a chicken from Titleist, i tell you that. No, he,
1: that's true. Last week we were out at ECPC that being the Callaway performance center. What yeah. can we tell people, Tony, what can we share about our experience out there for one? I was super impressed in a word. Yeah. I was impressed. What was your, what are your initial what reactions?
0: Was it, was it Newton's it? haircut? Or just really. It
1: was a combination between Newton's haircut and Loper's haircut.
0: That's okay. what was yeah. most <laughs> impressive. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It was, uh, it's kind of, it was an interesting experience. I think, um, what I would say is if you look at kind of where how the products have changed and evolved, we can say this, right? You mm-hmm. just sort of get the sense of you know, maybe maybe this time around Callaway did some more listening to consumers and uh, than maybe in the past, where like, you know, some things are different that that I've long said needed to be different. And
1: you know, it goes. So they basically the listen to you by consumers. Well, I and mean
0: you. Like I said, my suggestion on the golf ball was fairly obvious anyway. Yeah. But yeah, there's some different stuff there. Uh some different stuff with the irons for sure where we uh-huh. came away like, oh, well, this is uh uh-huh. this is surprising in for many reasons and none of them are bad." Uh-huh. You yeah, the drivers have been good for a while, but I don't know. Uh-huh. Like if I were to say, you know, you you hit every, I didn't hit the TaylorMade stuff cuz I wasn't feeling well when I was there, but we've hit Right. You know, TaylorMade, Cobra, Ping, and of course, Callaway. 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 Yeah, give me your, your favorite so far. And again, this is just one of one, one, one guy's one opinion. Of one. Yep. Not, so for not data, not even not data driven. Not no. Nope. You
1: know, an not. n of one is insignificant. Right. Yeah, this is we, just
0: an opinion. That's it's all. Just
1: an opinion. Um, so I can't deny that out at Callaway. I haven't hit a driver that good. Maybe ever like it. I was just, you know, combination of things. Um, and the numbers were really good. Feel was good. Launch. everything about it was really, really good. Like based on that day, I would have taken that driver, put it in the bag and not look back. Um, so it's hard for me to put anything ahead of that one for right now. Um, that would be the bar that I would start measuring the other uh, the other ones against. I think different philosophies on some uh, some things, but it's a better looking and feeling Callaway driver than what I think I experienced the last time I really put a Callaway driver kind of through. the And the, the time bases. before
0: that, and the time before that, and probably and the, time the time before, before that. that I like
1: said, there's some things like you said that are decidedly Callaway, but the changes that they make people like go oh. I didn't see that part coming in a good way. Like I said, all of those changes, I think, have been um, beneficial. But I would also say this, is that driver-head combination stuff uh, alongside ball is going to be a big deal. People matching the loft launch conditions to the correct ball, it may or may not be the correct ball from what you were playing before, depending on what you're looking to optimize. And so Callaway's making some pretty pretty audacious claims um, that, again, we can't go into just yet. But based on my experience, I have reason to believe that there's some fidelity to these claims. And so, I, it, yeah, it was impressive. So I'm going to put... I, it's hard for me to put anybody above that one right now. Again, just based on... N of 1, and uh, and some of that, that's, um, yeah, that's where I'm at today. Fair? Maybe? I don't know. It's my opinion. Of course it's fair. It doesn't matter. That's why they're opinions, Tony. Buy or sell? We got five quick questions. I want five quick answers, Tony. There are rumors that Tiger and Nike will soon be never, ever, ever getting back together. If that's true... What should Tiger wear? What brand?
0: I mean, sure, maybe he splits it up. But if you're kind of reading the tea leaves, it looks like Foot Joy, right? And ultimately, doesn't matter. Does it really matter yes. what yes. logo is on Tiger's shirt? It doesn't. Yes, so to
1: a lot of people that buy the as, stuff. As yes. long as
0: it's red. As long as it's red on Sunday, and you know, still not convinced we're going to see Tiger play a lot more on Sundays. But I know. I think he'll night, do. So. I think
1: he should do private label. Do his own line of tiger stuff. He doesn't need any more money from Nike. Do something really cool and take ownership over it. That's my thinking. Longer, this last weekend, uh, the, there's the PNC, the you know, the parent-child tournament. I didn't watch much of it at all. I don't wanna you know spend my It's more than I watched. <laughs> I man, come on. Kids are 14 years old, whatever. Just let them let them enjoy it, be out there, whatever. The longer team, Bernhard and 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 son won, but I'm giving him an asterisk, Tony, because Bernhard played like 1,100 yards shorter than Charlie Woods.
0: What? That's bifurcation. If you're not, what? if everybody isn't playing from the same tees, it's bifurcation. What? That's horrible. Can't have it. I
1: totally Ridiculous. agree. Totally, totally agree. Saw some other news there. Logan Olson. We've seen this putter artisan if you will Uh, a couple of his designs pop up recently scotty scheffler's bag nelly corda's bag there were some pictures on the interwebs of indicating that maybe he was going to tailor made if so big deal or not so much
0: no well that that i would say that has already happened the privacy policy on the logan Olson website makes it very clear that it's now a tailor-made company uh no so big deal or not no, it's – I mean, again, grand scheme of things, it's a guy most people have never heard of making putters that most people have never seen. And I think, you know, TaylorMade sees a lot of upside in that. But as of right now, no.
1: I'll tell you one person it's a big deal to. Logan Olsen. Oh, Logan Olson, I For him, a huge Logan – you know, Logan's we, probably <laughs> having
0: a good day. Good for him. You know,
1: we, we don't see this that often. And, uh, you know, again – Scotty Cameron, iconic. You know, name associated with an OEM, iconic. Bob Vokey, iconic, right? Roger Cleveland, well, it was Cleveland, but again, these names that get associated with brands throughout their, their lifespan, that's a huge, huge deal. Now, not all of these have worked out uh, at different times. There have been different individuals that, you know, for whatever reason, it hasn't worked. But if this is what gets tailor-made... Into that space, particularly on tour, like Logan Olson just did a small run of you know putters. I think they're calling 850 bucks, something like that. Boom. Sold out right away. If this gets tailor-made into that premium kind of space and that becomes part of the tailor-made identity in a place where they've lacked identity for quite some time, I think that is a big deal. It's a big deal for them. High margin. High margin. But I think it's a big deal for them. Give me a course, Tony, in 2024 that you want to knock off your bucket list.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I you know, anything at San Valley, but um, as I've kind of like as you see stuff on the twitters, on the shitters, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. The one that, that I see that always makes me a little jealous that I that I haven't been there. It's Cabot oh. up in the Canada oh. over there.
1: I love the Canada pick. That goes right. Actually, that's tied into here because the Kaiser brothers, this is going to be the development in Colorado. Is going to be kind of the, I guess, middle of the country-ish, uh, sand hills, sand valley, Ballyneal type of topography. So I'm not going to get there in, in 2024. I love the Cabot pick. I think that is uh, is phenomenal. If there were one other one, I would love to get – I'd love to knock off, like, a Marion. I think mm. Marion looks phenomenal. And if I couldn't do that, maybe Oakmont. Something really old, East Coast, because uh, I don't get a play out there nearly as much as you do. That's on mine. Finish up with this, Tony. Give me a bold equipment prediction for 2024.
0: What are you looking for? Give me some context here.
1: Give you a context. Uh, who will be the best-selling driver? Taylor or Callaway? I think How about
0: that Callaway for some had, context, I, I, I'm going to go with Callaway this year. I think they, even though it is kind of the the paradigm two year. Uh, Don't say that. But. So yes, I know it's not technically paradigm two. Yeah, it's, I, I'll take Callaway, but man, I uh, you know there's there's a lot in that QI10 lineup to look to like. It's going to be one of those two, I think. Um, it's, it's ultimately going to, I think, boil down to how well the QI10 story plays and how well uh, how well Callaway can can match it with with not having I10.
1: In the name, <laughs> my bold equipment prediction is twenty and twenties of people will read my Fairway Wood articles this year. No, but uh, what what my prediction is that we're going to start to see the traditional three wood go away. No more of just this three, you know, fifteen degree three wood thing. I think we're going to see a shift toward more mini drivers, where people playing two. Drivers, we've seen some people doing that or going more into that kind of like four wood, five wood space. I think the traditional three wood, 15 degrees that amateurs struggle to hit off the deck anyway. We're gonna see a shift away from it.
0: Uh, USA, the USGA is gonna bring it back just as quickly as it goes. Roll back the ball, gotta bring back the three wood.
1: That's true, which we're going to get to some of that stuff in the after show. So if you're excited, stick around for another 10 to 12 minutes. We're going to talk about a couple things like CT creep. Ooh, not a song, Tony. Not a song by one of your favorite, uh, favorite groups of the 90s and 2000s. But we'll be right back. All right. We came back. Are you standing, Tony, still? Are you, yeah, are you how's that feel? Stand. Good?
0: Yeah, I like it. I feel more animated.
1: It's definitely harder to stay in one spot, I would imagine. So we uh we're just gonna spend a couple 10, 12 minutes here, Tony, on the ball rollback stuff. When the actual announcement came out, where were we? Because this is maybe something <laughs> that's interesting. Uh
0: yeah, we were in Liberty, South Carolina It's a tailor made ball plant. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Plenty
1: of good. situational irony present in that literally at TaylorMade's <laughs> facility, we're going to be walking, you know, going in to walk the floor and see the technology. As we know, they have a, a new ball coming out uh, as, as well. Um, and we get the announcement. And we had all this list of questions, right, that, that we kind of <laughs> talked about before. Uh, and so I just wanted to kind of recap now that there is an official announcement, now that we have had some time to maybe exchange a text message or two with, with different, you know, maybe companies and, and people and kind of get get a sense of where companies are at, what do we know now that we did not know then?
0: I mean, not much. I mean, we have the specifics, but it's all kind of played out as expected, right? Roll back you know Basically, increase the test speed, decrease the uh, the maximum distance. Um, we're going to cost everybody some degree of distance. We're actually going to, if you look at the math, and I actually kind of, it's kind of popped into my head. I was like, hey, wait a minute. If we look at this from a strokes gain standpoint, what happens? And I ran the numbers, a few different scenarios, and I was like, man, this seems like maybe... Doesn't play out how entirely how the USGA wanted it to, or how how the purists who think distance is overvalued want it to. But I crunched the numbers, came up with a result, and so I texted Lou, uh, Lou Stagner. I was like, "Hey, here's what I came up with," and he confirmed what I thought, and that is that uh, with a rollback golf ball, assuming basically everybody takes a proportional hit from right. a strokes gain metric, you actually increase the relative stroke value for longer hitters by just a tick. So basically uh, you increase the, the weighted value of driving distance and accuracy that the strokes gain metric. So yeah, it's another uh, way to, tur-
1: yeah. I was going to say, so everybody way- will be
0: shorter, which is what they want, okay. but longer drivers will, will have even, it's not a lot, but a little bit more of an advantage than they have today.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, is that another way of kind of saying that, you know, when you make something more scarce, you make it more valuable. So if driving distance becomes more, and we can we can probably debate, you know that um, how hard it is going to be for people to achieve. That Sasho uh, McKenzie had some interesting thoughts and stats to kind of kind of show that, but it's not making the longer hitters even less.
0: No, it, it further <laughs> rewards distance.
1: Yeah, which, so you roll it back, and one but, of the... But hey, it
0: doesn't obsolete anything, I guess, is your argument, which is, you know, damn the damn the actual math on that either. but
1: Right, yeah. but it tells me if, if that is how the math works out, and I trust your math and, and Lou's math and people that are good at mathing, it tells me it has an awful lot more to do about the visual elements and what it looks like and how golfers are playing these courses than actually trying to change the, you know, like reward different parts of the game. If hitting it even further is going to be rewarded, even, I don't care if it's 1% more or 10% more, it's going to reward it more. Because what we've been told is that the way that it is right now today is not good. So our situation is not good in terms of the balance of skill in the game So we're going to take the skill we're trying to address and make it even more valuable.
0: And yeah, and we're doing that based on bad info. And I'm, you know, excuse me, I don't, forgive me, don't have the direct quote in front of me, paraphrasing uh, here quite a bit. But so Sasha was on with with Lou and and Mark Crossfield, I believe, and kind of talking about the USGA and where they came from. And and the take was that, you know, the data they're using, uh, how they've applied it, if they brought this into any peer-reviewed scientific setting the USGA would have been last laughed out of the room. And so it kind of tells you, you know, for, for Sasha to say something like that, the validity that of, of what they're working with is is absolutely suspect. And we've known that, right? It's mm-hmm. at best cherry-picked. At worst, it's just kind of like, yeah, this sounds good. This is what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's – yeah, it is what it is, but it's it's kind of silly. It remains yeah, silly.
1: It's, and I guess with that, a question that I have is – Is it over, I guess, and what I mean by that is, you know, like I said, we have firm dates now, like the 2028 would be when it would go into play for professionals, and there's a two-year grace period, so 2030 for all golfers. Do you you get the sense that golf ball manufacturers are kind of resigned to that, saying, hey, yep, now we're going to kind of start just going that way, or do you feel like there's – Still, kind of. Well, hang on a second here. This oh, is we're we're
0: definitely hang on a second mode, and then I say that for a couple of reasons. First, you know, I think there's going to be possibly a regroup and and some feedback from the PGA Tour, uh, the LPGA Tour for this. I mean, fundamentally, I think if you're, as a sport that you're a side of the sport, an element of the sport, you know, whatever you want to call the women's game that you're trying to grow, a rollback that inf- that impacts the women's game is. It's comically stupid. Um, so you have that, like the the disproportionate effect on the game. Again, we've talked about this: how many tour players, what percentage of tour players actually hit it far enough to be problematic on what percentage of courses. So it's you know just segmenting to to levels of absolute nothingness and then applying it to everybody is is ludicrous. Uh, so I think I think probably going to be some some further input from the tours. I think. You know this. If you contrast, uh, or I should say, there is a, a massive contrast between uh, the statements that have been released thus far and what is being said inside the ball manufacturing golf companies. Right. Uh, Titleist right. Of, of the of the big brands. Titleist was certainly the one that was least kind of rollover, scratch my belly kind of thing. Uh, right. So for me, that didn't sound like it was completely over. Uh, I love. Uh, I love what LA golf did coming out and Mm -hmm. taking an absolute flamethrower to the USGA calling them out for their nonsense. Yep. So yeah, I think uh, so ultimately, yeah, I think whether it comes through further conversation or this has to go the litigation route, I don't think it's over.
1: Yeah. It doesn't mean it
0: won't go through, but I think, I think the conversation has not ended. The USGA can say we've made our decision, uh, but there's still going to be conversation.
1: And I think particularly given the extent, you know, because that was one of the things they heard back right from the company. like, Whoa. If you're going to do this, you got to extend the timeline. Like give us, you know, we can't implement this type of ball in two years or whatever the case. I think a benefit to that price from the manufacturer side is saying, hey, this also gives us time to go through some sort of process. And so, you know, if this is something that's going to go into effect in 2025, which would be ridiculous, gives them no time. To stop and ask, okay, well, what about this, or what about that, or
0: and it's that's the other thing too. It's it's definitely going to be a multiple ball solution because just like anything else, right? How do you you're going to have to have a, a catalog of solutions tailored to the needs of individual players? So, uh-huh. you know, some people you're going to need to kind of solve this problem by slowing the ball down. Others, it's going to be kind of the flight optimizing aerodynamics for a new ball others it's going to be spin that sort of thing um so it's it's a whole catalog ball of balls that'll be necessary to solve the problem what i can say confidently and this is gonna you know this is gonna spoil this whole exercise for a lot of people because those who miss the artistry of of the days of yore uh when golfers were shaping shots and you needed to work the ball and all of that stuff it's never coming back we're not going back to Bellotta where guys were hitting low, spinny, curving shots. We know, right? The math is unequivocal, unequivocal on this. Curving the ball, working the ball is inefficient. Right? So straight works. And that's, so you're, you're not going to add a lot of spin. Again, tailored to the player, you're going to have some higher spinning offerings, but you're not going to see, for example, anything that touches spin levels of the Kirkland likely on tour, right? So the idea of going back to Ballada. Forget right. about it. Anything or a lot of like performance. Right. You, you're going to make the longest ball you can, and it's still going to fly straight like the modern golf ball. So, you know, sorry, we're rolling back distance here, but that's at best all you're getting. And yeah. I, yeah, I, and it's again, not I over. I don't think it's over.
1: Was it over? Was it over <laughs> when the Germans bombed Pearl or Was it over? No, it's not over. It's it's not over at, at all, and I don't know. Like said, that doesn't mean – anything's going to change but it doesn't mean you know like i said the, the difference between what companies probably have to say publicly and what they're talking well they about. don't
0: have to that's the thing like the well, diplomacy they don't have
1: of it to, is, but it's they should, i mean and again I mean, maybe that's
0: yeah I, i'm frustrated a little bit by the diplomacy of it all because again <laughs> you know what what i'm hearing isn't isn't reflected in those statements
1: right yeah, but
0: there's yeah. there's anger, there's frustration, and so to see a couple companies basically going, well, we disagree, scratch our bellies, you know. Right. Um, yeah.
1: But I think I think that you know, if they disagree as vehemently as we think that they do, or that then that's going to lead to something, you know. That and, and and we'll see that at some point, you know, sooner rather than later. So no, I don't think it's over either. There were two other things that I just thought were interesting in that notice or in that actual document, they talked about opening the door to further limiting performance by looking at the driver itself. And they talked about two specific areas, CT creep and then kind of MOI or off-center performance. So let's go into those first, just quick review. What is CT and what is this CT creep of which they speak?
0: Well, CT is the kind of the the measurement used to sort of define conformance, if you will. So, put a driver face in a, or a driver head in a fixture, drop a pendulum on it. Machine measures how long the, the pendulum stays in contact with the uh, with the driver face, and what is it, milliseconds, microseconds? I can never remember which the measurement it's is, but it's, but yeah. but it's two hundred thirty nine, and then you get a tolerance of. 18, that brings you to 257. And so the whole idea of creep is that over time, a driver that say started below the limit through use gets faster, creeps up over the limit. So you go from under to over Uh and then the driver is no longer conforming. So they want to look at the rate of CT creep or some such.
1: Yeah. So the reality is, you know, Companies, you know, when they're let's say two thirty, like you said, two thirty nine is the official limit. Then you have a little forgiveness, a little, a little range on tolerance for the manufacturing,
0: tolerance for the gauge, tolerance for the guy operating the gauge, because none of this stuff is precise to the nth degree. So right, yeah. so go and, and,
1: and no company wants to make a non-conforming driver or have their their driver pinged as hot or whatever the case. So if 257 ends up being the real legal limit, if you will, nobody's designing their heads to a spec of 250 or 252. That's just not... Because again, if you have a plus of mi- plus or minus of five and you design it to 250, well, you could have 245 to 255. You get a point or two of creep. Now you got a nine. Mm-hmm. It, it's not worth it, right? I mean, it's just... It's no, this one this one it.
0: strikes me as is silly at best. And it, it does feel like it's kind of an end around because we know the USGA hasn't loved that that people are using the tolerance as a loophole. They want everybody designing to 239. Right. And right. we know everybody's CT targets are in the 240s, mid two right. forties. Uh, thing is, as much as as much as everybody or there's a lot of persistent belief, like that the tour players get the hotter heads. In a lot of cases, tour Just, CT yeah. starts lower because one they got plenty of speed, right? They're, and a, and a few CT points either way is not a big deal. It's ten C points, T, CT points, TCT points for a half a mile an hour of ball speed typically, plus or minus. So, it, and 10's a lot of creep. Yeah. So right. So and the other thing to keep in mind, like the the tour guys, they start off slower. Because they don't want to creep past. Nobody wants to have to take a gamer driver out of play before a tournament, mm-hmm. um, so they're checked all the time. And so, you know, these—it these, feels like just a way to push everybody back down to two thirty-nine, which is fine. This is not, again, because it takes, you know, quite a bit of CT to to generate any real speed difference. Right. Again, I, I feel like this is just an end around to get people back in line. I think it, it's almost pointless because it's it's not going to be an issue at the tour level because again, we're starting lower, we're testing right. frequently, we're staying under that, that two fifty seven number uh consistently. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe it keeps guys like you and me from inadvertently running into a slightly hot driver, and if that's the objective to make sure Chris Nickel doesn't have a driver that, that's Gives closer another, to two sixty than another... two forty, okay. But
1: right. yeah. Right. and, and Enjoy again, that
0: one step on the fairway. I was going to say, That's we're talking way.
1: at most about one step. So don't worry about it. But the other one they snuck in there was this idea of driver performance on, on off-center hits, right? And again, these were kind of like areas of inquiry, like, hey, this is something we might want to yeah, look at wanna... or address or whatever, where it's like, yeah, we know that what we've been trying to do is, you know, that whole idea, this goes way back, right? The whole idea of 830 core or, you know, hey, maximum performance on center face hits. We've been there for a long, long time, but it's like, how can we get off center strikes to perform as close as possible to on center strikes through things like variable face thickness strategies, bulge and roll designs, types of material, Thickness of faces, blah 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 blah. High MOI. Why put this in there? What What do you think the USGA is thinking? Or why, the, I why, mean, why this put this, is, this one,
0: one this one is like of of all the dumb shit that's come out of this, potentially you know, what what they're talking about doing. This is the one that really scratches, has me scratching my head. And If I go back to again the LA Golf statement from Reed Dickens it was one of the things he said. Right, the USGA has consistently worked to make the game harder for amateur golfers. Mm-hmm. This one, you're going to increase MOI because why? Because average golfers are hitting it too straight, too consistently? No, I, I can't imagine, again, that there's a valid argument to support that. So, and next you're saying, oh, well, is it is a problem on tour? I mean, how, how much are you wanting to even think about rolling this back? Because we've talked about this, right? 5,900, the limit for your heel-toe twisting. Right. How how many, if you look at the drivers that are played on tour, the vast majority, and yeah, we will you know, we've talked about hinted at, at what Ping is working on with with the 10K, and you know, mm-hmm. there's some other stuff stuff coming into that uber high MOI space. But mm-hmm. by and large, and yes, there are exceptions, and by exceptions, I mean a few guys. But right. high MOI is not getting played on tour. There are okay. way more TSR threes than TSR twos, for example, or right? one so,
1: for that matter. <laughs> right,
0: these guys are not they're not pushing the MOI limit because MOI really benefits you as you move away from the center of the face on your impact. And and while, yeah, everybody on tour misses sometimes by varying degrees, they're way more in the center of the face way more often than you or I. So they don't really need the MOI. It's a reason why, you know, Stealth Plus, for example, relatively low MOI, has driver has had plenty of tour play. Uh, Cobra LS drivers, again, you know, these, these tend to be built for speed, for low spin, for distance, but not for forgiveness. And so the idea that we're going to look at forgiveness, right, which is something that not universally, but by and large benefits amateurs and has minimal impact at the tour level on the driver. I, again, I don't get it. Like this one, this one, I'm like, this is exactly, you know, if you were looking to support the argument from Reed Dickens that the UXGA is actively seeking ways to make the game more difficult for average players.
1: Here you be a go. Yeah. Here you go. Good one. Yeah. Henrik Stenson and his strong three wood that he used for a good bulk of his career and didn't bag a driver would like a word on the difficulty of hitting. Like again, you take this, look at the center, look at the center of the face on any tour players, three wood or five wood. They don't. Yeah. They miss it. Yes. Of course they miss it. But the reality is they're, they're not missing it the way that the rest of the world is missing it. And they don't – again, you could give them a mini driver. Give the guys tour a tour mini driver. Give them a 10-degree, 11-degree mini driver that's 250, 290 cc's, and they're going to figure out how to optimize it. They're well, going to figure is, out how well, This to, is one of the things we talked about, right? That. There's
0: – there's nothing in a mini driver design inherently that makes it shorter, right? right? A little less forgiving, but I mean, these guys are going to hit the center of face with that too. They're going and to pound it. And it's more aerodynamic than a driver Yeah. And, a you know, we've, some people are like, well, what about limiting driver size? As you said, more aerodynamic. So now you have a driver that they swing faster because Perfect. the USGA chased its tail in some other way. And again, yeah. that doesn't seem to be what they're going to do, but that's one of the arguments. Like, sure, you know, shrink the driver. We'll make sure they swing it faster.
1: It's right, right, right. and it's going to be interesting stick around people because we got more equipment more things all of that stuff but as far as brand new equipment we're gonna have a lot of equipment stuff to talk about tony in 2024 starting with pretty much the first week in in 2024 so if no, there's first two weeks
0: of january are bangers
1: bangers 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 so make sure that you like subscribe all that kind of stuff so you get the news in your inbox right away because we will be coming fresh with hot takes as per usual if you need anything have any questions post them in the comments below until next time we out